welcome to season five of the Spotlight series, Don't Just Survive, Thrive. This podcast was born out of the 2020 global pandemic. Season one was launched to help people through the pandemic. Season two focused more on work-related issues such as HR, marketing and leadership. Season three and four centred on startup founders and tech leaders, revealing the secrets to their success. The focus of season five is about how technology can have a positive impact on people and planet. My name is Nicholas Steele, founder of JJP Talent Solutions, an Australian IT recruitment company. I've had the privilege of talking to numerous tech leaders over the last 20 plus years and love sharing their stories and insights. I hope you enjoy listening. I'm delighted to introduce Tony Shermer. I hope I pronounced your name correctly there, Tony. CEO at CQ Solar and co-founder at Neo Creative. CQ Solar builds cutting edge technology, which reduces losses in solar farms by up to 25%. Tony, thank you for joining me on season five, episode two of the Spotlight series, Don't Just Survive thrive. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure and lovely to meet you, Tony. Thank you very much. Um, and I hope I did pronounce your name correctly. Yeah. Fantastic. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, Tony, let's start. Tell me a bit more about your personal story and your career uh, so far. Um, okay. So, when when I first started, I started out doing um, mechatronics at uni, which is all robotics. Oh. Yeah, so I did, did a couple of years, but I ended up dropping out and starting a business. So I, because um, I was fixing people's computers all through uni, yeah. and I thought, you know, well, we can make some money out of this. And before you know it, I had a online business that was selling computer parts online and fixing people's computers offline. Um, and we did that for about five years or so, I reckon. So it was when I was 18, we did that. We started that. Um, did you finish yeah. uni in the end? No. No, okay. <laughs> I dropped out. Uh, and then and then we ended up doing a, um, after about five years or so, we, there was, there was a number of reasons why, but we decided to shut it down. And we, uh, yeah, we started looking at other things that we could do. And one of them was to build other people's websites because everyone had asked how we'd got the e-commerce side working. So we started into that field and we started building other people's uh, e-commerce setups. So um, it started off as really small businesses, but in, in a couple of years from there, we've, that's been going about 12 years now. Um, and we've done everything from mum and pop operations all the way to super retail group, oh, um, wow. all the way to yeah, frontline stores, uh, Davy Water, uh, there's a whole bunch of, 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 of big brands we've done. And that was from just, just uh, you know, doing that. And, the, and, and from that, we then started a, uh, a product called Storebase, which we've just launched maybe about two or three years ago. Um, and that's, that's an e-commerce platform based on, based on some open source software. So that was, that's, that's the neo-creative side. Um, the CQ Solar side was actually, so my dad is an electrical engineer. 
he's he he came to me after um after i'd done all this stuff and he said hey, i want to build a website build a business and i you know so i agreed to help him commercialize that tech so he's the brains behind all of the uh, all of the uh, advanced tech there on the CQ solar side um and there is some pretty advanced um solar farm tech in that but that's we've been doing that for probably about 5 years i think uh there's probably been about 6 years of development in that so your father is the founder then of cq solar yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely fantastic um so you've had an interesting career history there what would you say the main highlights are and what have been the main challenges um i think i think that because we decided to bootstrap the businesses i think that was the biggest challenge um being young and naive when we did this like when i started i don't think i knew anything different so um but the grind was actually just going about doing doing the next thing and learning the next thing i think was very productive it's a very um trial by fire type <laughs> type um way of achieving it yeah i think that's that's got its benefits it's got its drawbacks but it's you know it's um that was one of the challenges i think of 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 not having any help not having any mentoring not having any uh, no, yeah yeah none of that stuff and just going you're going into it and i guess you doing it that way you learn a lot you get a lot of war wounds and with this well, yeah you know what works <laughs> like i mean i mean there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work and yeah. and and people like to tell other people how how things should work how they shouldn't work and i think that at the end of the day you can only you can only test it you see what works see what doesn't work there's some things that we found work very specifically for some businesses that really don't work for others and it's the same technique the same tactics so. and also i guess as well bootstrapping not having much money that's a challenge but also yeah. you still get a certain amount of freedom about what you're doing with the resources that you have as well um, you do get a fair bit of freedom with what you've got um yeah. with the resources you do have you can just you know you, you don't have shareholders you don't have other people you're kind of needing to report back to you can just do what works and unfortunately like ge- generally it it comes up with you come up with more innovative ways i think yeah. you come up with a lot more innovative ways to do things um you know one of the ways that we were doing this way back was to use press releases to get seo results so instead of the search engine results we put press release out have the links for the search engine you know for the search engine in there and because that would get aggregated and populated across a bunch of new sites that would cost you a very small amount of money but you get a huge amount of backlinks for your seo so that was one way of doing the e-commerce side that um that that we'd only seen a couple of people do before so there's lots of innovative ways you can kind of get around i think having no money is a benefit in a curse it's a benefit in, yeah. in in a lot of ways yeah uh you obviously very focused on how you're spending each dollar and cent so to speak yeah yeah um solar so in a place like australia not like the uk where i'm from um but it seems like a very obvious solar 
energy seems like a very obvious solution um, to energy within Australia. Well, do you know what the sun looks like being UK? Uh, <laughs> I know what the rain looks like. <laughs> when the sun comes out in the UK, I've lived here nearly 11 years now, but uh, when the sun comes out in the UK, everybody is happy. It's a wonderful place to be. It just doesn't happen very often. But anyway, forget about the UK. <laughs> Solar in the UK is probably not the best option. Uh, but coming back to solar, what are the main benefits of solar? But what are the problems as well that many people like myself are not, not really aware of? Uh, there's a range of problems. There's, the, there's a range of problems from the DC side all the way to the AC side. Um, although, like in, in Australia specifically, we have a uh, what we call the NEM or the, or the AMEO spot price. So okay. you end up having uh, a, a spot price of electricity at any one point in time. So if you have a you know gas-fired turbine or something like that come online, that might you might put a bid in on that on the, on the pricing. So someone can buy your energy at the price you bid, um, and the next person will put in their bid, and whatever the you know it, whatever sells the cheapest sells the best. Um, now the problem is with that is that at the moment. Um, during the day, it can go negative. So, and that's because you have to keep the coal fired power stations online. So, they have to keep going at night. So, they will be negative during the day. And if you're a solar farm, then you're competing with a negative price. So, it does it does have some pretty harsh retail challenges. Um, and the solar obviously doesn't work during the night. So, it ends up getting um, it ends up being sometimes not very profitable to do solar in Australia because of that system. So there are some big challenges specifically on that area. And then there are problems on the DC side on the way that solar is hooked up. You end up having, they end up being these like, if you've ever had Christmas lights um, and one of them fails, that's a really good example of how solar farms are actually hooked up. If one Christmas light fails and the whole block fails, if one solar panel fails, the whole block. Um, generally, the whole the, the whole spring will fail, but sometimes, depending on how it's wired up, the whole block will be affected or fail. So, uh, general, what what our gear does is fix that, but that's that's a maintenance nightmare because you can't tell which solar panels failed very easily. You end up having to need to put on thermal drones. Like send up some drones and find out which one's heating up because you're not going to send out a single person to measure the equipment on every single panel when you have a million panels. You know, it's not it's not economical to do that. So having the best thing that 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 you can really do is send out a drone or if you have a string monitor, which is more and more common, you'll see which strings are being affected and then you can isolate it to about 20 panels. But then you still have to find out which of those 20 are broken and then go forward on that. It doesn't even have to be broken. It can just be dusty. If it's dusty, it causes the same effect. If it has hail damage, it causes the same effect. If it has something called PID, which is uh, potential induced degradation, it'll have the same effect. So each, any way that it draws down power, even, even a cloud that hits one 
here that's the shading one of the panels in the string but not the rest will have the same effect and it can bring down the bring down the string quite significantly like maybe you know we're talking um you know 30% 40% less power which is huge amounts um if you've got damaged panels within the within the system so the two main problems that you said there the first one seemed more of an economic problem yeah it is it's a commercial issue mm. uh from the price of energy uh but the other one is i guess more of a technical type issue yeah that you can resolve so how does cq solar's technology help solve those problems well instead of putting them in like christmas lights uh so in if you imagine the christmas lights are like a single lane highway with every single panel stacked up behind it behind its neighbor and it can only go as fast as the slowest panel and that's why you get such big losses so if one of them's dirty or dusty or broken it takes down the rest of the power because it can only go as fast as that slow panel um our technology mathematically separates them out so that it acts like a multi-lane highway it acts like each one is independent and it what it does what we call string balancing so it automatically balances all the strings automatically balances all the panels all at once and that that hasn't been done before as far as we know um and allows what they call a dc bus to be created before the inverter and it may, it, it just simplifies so firstly it if there were a broken panel within the system it would only take out that one panel so the rest of them wouldn't be affected. Yeah. And then on top of that we have monitoring on the whole lot. So we can tell when certain panels are doing certain things. Um it comes down to you can tell because we have one second data. So we're collecting one second data on every single solar panel over an entire solar farm. And we can tell exactly what's happening all the way down to one second. Um and on top of that you, uh, you you can then simplify battery usage on a solar farm. Right now putting batteries on a solar farm is very complicated because of the way the battery inputs are they generally do need to go from DC to AC and then plug your battery into the AC and that becomes very complicated. Um we can keep everything on DC and put the battery directly on DC. So that means you can have a grid battery something you know just an enormous grid battery that doesn't have the complications of what we currently have with solar batteries yeah yes solar batteries fantastic and so obviously there's going to be lots of commercial savings there as well uh that you're creating by with your particular technology as well yeah. as environmental uh and renewable energy We've been going on about renewable energy since I was at school which yeah. I hate to say it was quite a long time ago. Um but what do you think the future is? We're now in 2023. What do you think is the future of renewables um in particular solar but more generally for both Australia and also on a global scale as well? Um I actually had a chat with um with a couple of engineers about this and it it seems like we need to ramp up production much 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 faster than what we're even doing it now for it to be 
not going to be causing blackouts in the future. Um, it's 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 something that I think we're lacking the technology, but not the policy. So there's the will, but we don't have the way yet. Um, it's uh, I think there are certain, for instance, battery battery technologies, uh, even even an enormous battery, like one of the largest batteries you can put on the grid, would pale in insignificance to something like uh, you know a coal-fired power station at the moment. So what you'd need to do is I know that Queensland's putting in a whole bunch of uh, what they call reverse pump storage. So they get dams and then they get this get the power and then pump pump water at the bottom of the dam to the top of the dam and then have hydro to collect the electricity back. Yeah. So it, it acts like a giant battery, but you're talking a battery that can store a dam worth of water. So it ends up being a significant battery that yeah. can actually work. I think if if those type of things are put on the grid, I think we we have a chance of using renewable energy long term. But without it, we need probably some pretty significant battery technologies to replace what we have. So we've got the well. Yeah. There are the resources there, like for example, the sun or tidal or whatever. Um, but it's actually the storage that seems to be one of the a big issues to con consider. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, because like if you're burning something, you can just turn that fire up and down. Yeah. As you like, you know. If you're if you're in the middle of the night, you can turn the fire up. If you're in the middle, of, you know. If it's two in the morning, you can you can turn it down. You're trying to compete with that, and that you know you can't really turn the sun on in the middle of the night it, at your at your leisure. So it's 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 a matter of storing that energy for when you need it, and that's that's a challenge. But there's a couple of companies that are doing that storage in a unique way. Um, I know there's one down Newcastle doing it. Uh, I think okay. their MGA thermal they have some blocks that are very unique, um, and there's a couple of other types of storage mechanisms that that come along that uh, are interesting that might be able to solve that problem. But it is it is probably the biggest problem in your renewables, in my opinion. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. So that's um, kind of as you say, the well, the resources, but the storage and how we're going to do that. And coming back to you, Tony, what would you say are the secrets to your success over the last so many years? Um. I'm not sure if there's any secrets to success. I think there's a lot of grit, <laughs> a lot of just uh, you know trying, you know trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and failing. That's that's essentially what I think success is, um, because it's just a matter of doing the next the next trial and seeing whether or not that worked. And if it doesn't work, then you try again. And you you know, there's a thousand ways to make a light bulb that don't work. <laughs> so you know, there's only Absolutely. one. There's only a couple that do. So try, try, try again, uh, and make mistakes. Yeah, I think it's the grit. I think it's the just, just, just unwillingness to to yield. I think is the is, is the big thing there. You just you just keep going until until you crack it. Fantastic. Um, and my last question: 
if you could turn back the clock, would you do anything differently, do you think? Um, having known what we know now, probably. But I think that's always the case. I think that hindsight's twenty twenty, so you can't really learn from hindsight. Yeah. Um, but but there are a few. Yeah, there's there's definitely some things that we found that were way more challenging than we thought. That we thought we had flicked and finished. That when we went and pressure tested, it wasn't quite done, and then we had to redo some stuff. So, um, and there are also some timeframes that we thought, oh, this will take six months, and it took eighteen months. So there are just there are some things that uh, mainly choice of supplier and mainly trying to get ETAs right is always a challenge with engineering. So I think that um, one of the things that we probably may have done is held off on the launch a little longer. But again, I don't know if we would have. It's, I think it's uh, I think it's hard to say that at the time it seemed appropriate. So yeah. And then it comes back to the secrets for your success, having that grit to go back and try and try again and, and what have you. Um, thank you very much for sharing your insights there, Tony. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? No, this is good. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Well, it is lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Thanks. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review. The Don't Just Survive Thrive podcast is part of the Spotlight series, which includes the YouTube channel Spotlight on Software Development. If you want more insights into the software industry, particularly purpose-led tech startups and scale-ups, then subscribe to this channel. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank you.